0: Welcome back to another episode of the Interlake Sports Now. I'm Josh Dugan, and boy, oh boy, do we have another jam-packed show on our hands, my friends. Winter sports tipped off in Montana and the surrounding areas here in the Valley. And, man, we have a jam-packed show full of wrestling, basketball, all that fun stuff to get to, and some swimming action. Plus, of course, talk a little bit of Grizz. Gets that Bobcat playoff win, start kind of looking forward to their next matchup as they cruise towards a game with South Dakota Jackrabbits, South Dakota State Jackrabbits looking to move towards the FCS championship game. So, big show today. It's going to be a fun one. And, of course, as always, we'll get to those prep players of the week brought to, you Hagedo- brought to you by Hagedo Media Group, Montana. All right, before we get to that, reminder, today's episode is brought to you by Nomad. go to the Flatheads, best manufacturer. Nomad, a longtime supporter of the local community and sports scene. Celebrating 20 years of building great careers in mission-focused custom vehicles. Nomad, a Montana-based company making a global impact. Visit nomadgcs.com for more information. That's nomadgcs.com for more information. Reminder for everyone here, you can subscribe to the Daily Interlake E-Edition to get all your local news right at your fingertips. Check out the dailyinterlake.com for more information. Let's dive into it. Last show, we went over winter sports previews a little bit. We talked about Columbia Falls. We talked about Whitefish. So this time around, let's get to those winter sports previews for our Kalispell teams, and then we'll get into kind of a full roundup of winter sports and how our local teams did. The Frenchtown tip-off was recently had a ton of teams playing there in basketball. A lot of stuff going on. So let's start out with two previews here in the basketball world, and we'll move on to wrestling and get into the action itself. Trying to get everybody ready for the season, winter sports is upon us. The Glacier Boys have the inside and out, while the Wolfpack girls are guard rich by Fritz Neighbor of the Daily Interlake. A solid pack of juniors played for last season's Glacier Boys basketball team, and considering it overcame a three and nine start to make the state double A tournament, that's not a bad place to start. Returning starters Noah Dowler, the Western Eight top rebounder, nine point four a game, stands six foot seven, and guard Ty Olson bolster the Wolfpack as juniors. Veteran head coach Mark Harkins saw seniors Ty- Tyler McDonald and Xavier Stout contribute. Junior Cohen Kastlitz and senior K. Bulls also got some experience, and that should help a team that lost five players to graduation. Daller is the most imposing, obviously, and his 8.2 point scoring average did include a few dunks. Here's a quote from Harkins. All of my kids had a great offseason, whose club ended up 10-14 and 14 last season. I have nine seniors, and all of them worked really hard, including Noah. He came in in great shape and ready to go, and we're excited about it. Olsen averaged 9.2 points and was a top rotation player for a second season. McDonald averaged 2.5 points. Beyond that, Harkins isn't sure who might start, but they do have depth with Bowles, Castle, Stout, and its seniors, Adam Nakunin and Travis Agan, Jeff Lillard, and Wyatt Cox all getting in on the action. So, Glacier definitely has a good squad. I had a chance to go check them out Friday. We're going to get to their game a little bit later. We got one more quote from Harkins we'll get to, and then we'll keep it moving. When Glacier is at its best, it has a strong post presence and some shooters wearing down opponents inside and out. Quote from Harkins here, it's still our basic philosophy. We need to get the ball in the post, whether it's Noah or off the bounce. We have a few guys that can penetrate the key. That's still the basic goal of our offense. All right, we'll keep it moving along to the Glacier girls, but that was an exciting team. Glacier had some fun action over the weekend. we might have some good video of some stuff. That you're going to want to see that later, so we'll get to that. Okay, as for the Glacier girls, just one senior saw ample time for the Wolfpack girls squad last season. Colette Daniels and Coach Amanda Cram wished she had a couple more experienced players. What she does have, though, isn't too bad. A whole lot of juniors and sophomores, she said. We have all, go- all the guards. The list includes Reese Ramey, who played extensively last season as a freshman, Bailey Gable, Kennedy Moore, Haven Spear, and Charlotte Osler. Daniels and Sarah Downs could be the main inside threats, while sophomore Kaz Rankowski, who missed her freshman season with injury, has impressed along with freshman Carly Allen. The bad news, junior Kara Sullivan is out for the season after suffering a torn ACL in flag football, and Noah Fincher is out the first weekend. So we will get to Glacier a little bit more later, see how they fared in their opening weekend action as well. All right, now let's take a look at the Flathead basketball team's and then we're going to get into that wrestling stuff. A lot of good stuff today. It's going to be a fun one. Strong Brevets. Should get stronger. Flathead boys, young and athletic. This one's by Fritz Neighbors of the Daily Interlake as well. The Flathead Brevets followed up their first state AA basketball tournament appearance since 2013 with their first trophy since 2007. And a host of talented players are returning, with one delayed exception. Third-year coach Sam Tudor expects Maddie Moy to return to the court at some point after Christmas, but the senior guard has to get cleared after summer ACL surgery. So Miss Moy, who recently did commit to one of our local colleges to continue her career, so they're definitely gonna be looking for that key player to come back. Adding her to a returning cast of Kennedy Moore, Avery Schoonard, and Akilah Kuby would make the team that went 19 and 6 last season that much more formidable. As it is, the Brave Vets are pretty well stocked. Here's a quote from Tudor. Kennedy just looks really good, who is a sophomore, was second in the Western AA and rebounding and then averaged 14 and 10 in flat five. And two overall postseason run. We have her listed at six foot two, and she's doing it all. So overall, this team has a lot of players to look forward to. They're waiting for one of their big-time players to come back from injury. But skipping ahead a little bit in the article, we do have one more quote from Tudor worth mentioning. Quote: We do have some younger kids that are gonna provide some depth and height. I'm excited about that, but I'm not going to lie to you. It's tough without Moy. We're moving forward mainly because of her attitude. She pushes them as much as I do. So Big credit to recent commit Maddie Moy, and then of course the coach there for pushing the team forward. They got a, you know, high expectations coming off that season last year. Now let's move to the Flathead Boys. There's length, there's shooting, and there's ball handing on the Braves boys basketball team. Just not much experience. Third-year coach Dirks John John's Rude allows. And his team might not be highly thought of heading into Friday's home game against Great Falls CMR. Junior Noah Cummings is the top retor- returning scorer at 4.5 points a game. But Cummings stands 6'6", six six. Junior Gabe Sims is 6'5", and Sophomore Slate Burrington and Lyric Ursuline are 6'5", and 6'4". Plus, they're athletic. We're going to rely on our athleticism to create offense with our defense, said John Drew, whose club went 4-16 and a season ago. Noah Cummings put in a ton of time this offseason, so I'm anxious to see where he's at, along with Lyric Ursland. I had an opportunity to go check out Flathead over the weekend as well. went to the Glacier game on Friday night, the Flathead game Saturday. We're going to get to some video footage of their action over the weekend, a little bit more recap later. That was just a little bit to dive in. But Flathead, you know, they're raw, they're young, they're athletic, like Coach said. Coach John, John's Root said, but, they, you know, when you have four or five guys who are 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", even, can handle the ball a little bit, can rebound, and like he said, their two best shooters are guys who are about 6'4", and 6'6", six, six. there's potential with that team. So I'm excited to see down the stretch we're going to get to them more later. Now, onto the local wrestling scene. Like I said, this is just a jam-packed show. So much winter sports to dive into. If you want to really read all the full recaps, pick up that Sunday December 11th, the version of the Daily Interlake. I had to think about that one. There's so much going on. And there's you can get on all these recaps of full stories. So much going on. But this is a good way to kind of just throw us into the action. We're going to know what to expect from our local squads this winter, and then we're going to get to those recaps themselves and all the fun stuff. So onto the local wrestling scene. Another story from our main man, Fritz, to help us dive into this action. This one's called Flathead Shoots for Three. The pack aimed to move up. Here's a quote to start it out from Jeff Thompson, the Flathead coach. We just have some dudes who knew how to wrestle. Jeff Thompson said, who has guided Flathead to nine state championships, quote, everyone in our room is gunning to be a state champion or state placer, end quote. Seniors Noah Pohattan, Gabe Lake, both finished second at the state AA meeting February last season, and so did junior Anders Thompson. Two more seniors, Forrest Howe and Kate Troop took fifth and sixth. Juniors David Naldrit. Reed and Allenbum, Sawyer Troop, excuse me, Sawyer Troop, and Logan Stansberry all return. As do sophomores Diesel Thompson and Aiden Downing. The brawlers also added Coda Wezerek. I went for it, and a junior transfer out of Utah. So overall, this is going to be a really good team for Flathead. They're shooting for their third straight state title. That's very impressive. We got one last quote here. This will be a fun group to watch this season. They will put on a show on the map with a little flash to their grinding style of wrestling, Thompson said. We will be finding the toughest competition to wrestle the best. If that means moving up a weight class, our kids are up for the challenge. The team's motto, shooting for three. Best of luck to Flathead on their journey for that third straight state title. Definitely an accomplishment. As for Glacier, the Wolfpack's ranks include three place winners from the state Last year, including, of course, three-time state champion, Tegan Vasquez, who now wrestles at 138 pounds. Junior Garrett Bosch, coming off a sixth-place finish at state, is back at 113. Fellow junior Aiden Cross also placed sixth at the state in February. The pack took ninth out of 16 teams. Here's a quick quote from their head coach. We have three returning place winners and only graduated one senior. We should be a well-balanced team, top to bottom, Coach Ross Danker said. So, Glacier a little bit more raw than Flathead, but they're optimistic of you know the future. Like he said, they got a young team. Didn't have a lot of seniors leave last year, so they have the opportunity to keep that you know Wolfpack team growing and kind of evolving. So it's gonna be fun to keep an eye on the wrestling journeys of our local squads this year. Now let's move into the girls wrestling real quick. Get to an excerpt from the Daily Interlakes, Katie Brown, to help us dive into the local girls wrestling scene. Braves Wolfpack are ready to wrestle. By Katie Brown. The Braveheart Brawlers have been at the top of Montana's girls wrestling since its adoption by the MHSA in 2020, and the two time state champions look to be formidable again. Returning six placers from last year's state tournament, among those is senior Lily M- McMahon, who was third at state last March. There's a caveat, however. McMahon is battling a knee injury, and her return remains in question. Another 132 pounder, junior McKenna McCarthy, was fifth at state in 2021 and does return as well. There's Trinity Bolvin, a senior who was 6th in 2021, along with heavyweight Boston Howe and Lucy Libby, both juniors who placed at state last season. The Flathead girls were ranked 28th in the country by USA Wrestling at the end of last season, and head Flathead wrestling coach Jeff Thompson expects some stiff competition this season from Billings Sr. and Billings Skyview, as well as Crosstown rival Glacier, which he counts as a testament to the growth of the sport in Montana. Quote, This year, the girls will have to qualify for the state tournament just like the boys, but our numbers, again, should keep us in the hunt for another state trophy, Thompson said. Flathead will again be pushing 30 wrestlers on its girls' roster this year. Quote, Flathead has really embraced girls' wrestling, and it's one of the most popular sports in our school, Thompson said. We have an amazing family culture at Flathead that really supports our girls to take on the challenging sport of wrestling. Awesome stuff. As to Glacier real quick, Brooke Eden headlines the list of returning glaciers Wrestle, Glacier Wrestling Girls roster after a second-place finish at state in one at the 107-pound weight class. Not my smoothest read there, but, you know, it's been one of those shows. So much going on. So Brooke Yeadon headlines the Glacier Girls. The Wolfpack are coming off a fourth-place finish at the state tourney last season and have 18 girls set to compete this year. Now it is that time to move on to the prep roundup. See how all these local teams we're talking about actually fare now that the ball's dropped in basketball. They're hitting the mat in wrestling. The action's begun. So let's dive into that a little bit. Thank you for bearing with me through some of the reads there, if I might have jumbled a word or two. But, hey, I mean, I've been going and going. It's fun stuff, and I cannot wait for this winter sports action. But like I said, Friday hit one game, Saturday another game. Now we're doing a show. It's just nonstop. That's what it's all about. Jam-packed in the Valley and beyond. All right. Let's just keep it going with the wrestling action, and then we'll get into the hoops from over the weekend. Starting with the girls, this recap is from the Sunday December 11th edition of the Interlake full results from the tournament are available in Sunday's paper. Braves rolled a win at Flathead Girls Invite. The Braves took first at the Flathead Girls Invite on Saturday topping a field of 23 teams to open their wrestling season. Flathead scored 240 points, just ahead of Billing Senior. Glacier was next at 205. Lucille Libby was Flathead's only individual winner, but the Braves got points from second place finishers Sky Sh- Shell Merdine. this Sky Shell Merdine, Cassian Clements, and AD Siegel, third place at 114. So overall it was a big group effort for, for Flathead, but they took home the tournament win. That's what it's all about. And Glacier did finish fourth in the tourney. So they have a lot to, uh, you know, build on. Or excuse me, third in the tourney. So they can definitely be proud of that. All right, moving on to the boys. The Brave Brawlers. Win the Mining City title. For the second year in a row, the Flathead Brave Brawlers won the Mining City duels, this time defeating Billings West for the title. Flathead beat Billings West in dominant fashion, 53-18 in the final duel. On the way to the final, Flathead had to get past three-time Idaho State champion, South Fremont, a team that had won over a 100 duels in a row. Here's a quote from Jeff Thompson, the Flathead wrestling coach. We got our lungs blown out this weekend and I got an opportunity to wrestle some top competitors this weekend, Flathead wrestling coach Jeff Thompson said. The South Fremont duels was one of the most exciting duels I've ever been a part of. Every match was extremely tight and came down to the wire, it seemed. Great stuff from the Flathead squad right there, making their impact felt early on, taking care of business. Sure, head coach Jeff Thompson loves that. As somebody who wrestled for a few weeks before I decided maybe it wasn't the long-term sport for me, definitely could understand about getting those lungs blown out because, man, I don't think I've ever huffed and puffed more than... When you're putting in the grind in the wrestling room. It's a tough, tough sport. So kudos to those athletes. As for glaciers, Tegan, as for Glaciers wrestlers, Tegan Vasquez won three matches on Saturday, one of those by pin. Josh Melton and Caleb Shine and TJ Gannon all had two wins on the day. Excuse me, Josh Melton actually had three wins as well. And then Caleb Shine and TJ Gannon each took home two wins. Here's a quote from Glacier head coach Ross Dankers. Overall, good first week for the pack can definitely work on building our conditioning this early part of the season which will help our technique flow a little smoother in the third period I thought we looked tough on top and were able to hand fight well all right one last little anecdote from my short-lived wrestling career I'll never forget just running till I couldn't run anymore just we're on the football field just going at it and the wrestling coach asked me when you played football, didn't you do this? And I looked at him and I said, "No, we didn't do this." Because yeah, the wrestling condition, not to take away from football and the hard work they put in, but the conditioning wrestlers put in is unreal. So, like I said, major kudos to those athletes. Nothing to res- nothing but respect for that. Great stuff. We're gonna move it on to the hoops action. It's been a fun one so far. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Much appreciated. All righty, let's get to that prep basketball roundup action pack stuff over the last weekend. We're going to get it started out with Glacier, who started out their season with back-to-back wins on the court. Friday night, they took care of business, 56-38, led by a strong 17-point performance by Ty Olsen versus the Great Falls Bison. And Saturday was a big one. Tyler McDonald hit a game-winning shot to beat CMR 53-52. We'll keep you up to date on how the Wolfpack boys fare all season long. But I was at that game Friday, and the Wolfpack did a great job of moving without the basketball, making that extra pass, and they were attacking the glass on offense consistently to create those second-chance opportunities. But the size they have in the front court with a guy like Noah Daller, who we mentioned earlier, 6'6", 6'7", it was a lot of fun to watch, and you could tell Coach Mark Harkins really has that team operate at a high level. They're going to be a good one to watch this year. And, hey, when you get a game winner, start of your senior season like Tyler McDonald did, I'll get the swagger going. Fun stuff. All right. As for the Flathead boys, they did drop their first two games with a 71-59 loss to CMR on Friday and a 56-49 loss to Great Falls on Saturday. That being said, Noah Cummings, who we mentioned earlier, was a bright spot for the Braves in both contests. He scored 29 points Friday versus CMR and followed that up with 17 Saturday versus Great Falls. Cummings is a 6'6 forward with guard skills and has a smooth three-point shot. The sky's the limit for the Braves junior. That team is young with a lot of athleticism, a lot of size, so they do have the potential to really get it clicking by midseason and make a push towards being a playoff caliber squad. Now, let's move along to the french town Tip-Off Tourney, featuring a variety of our local squads. There was so much action going on. Let's run through the games, and if you do want to get to the full recaps and box scores, check out that Sunday, December 11th edition of the Daily Interlake. Starting with the Columbia Falls Wildcats boys. We're going to start with the boys and move on to the girls after Friday. Columbia Falls fell to Corvallis, 66-57. Columbia Falls' Jace Hill tied the Blue Devils' Ryan H- Hutchinson for game scoring honors with 14 points, but game two for the Wildcats went their way. Allen Anderson's 22 points led the way for Columbia Falls Saturday. As the Wildcats beat Livingston 76-41, Dane two, and Jace Hill added 10 points each for Columbia Falls, which ran out a 38-17 halftime lead. Whitefish. Came up just short on Friday, falling in double overtime to Livingston, 75-72. Mason Genevieve scored 29 points, and Jade Sears poured in 23 for the Bulldogs, who came up just short in overtime. Saturday, host Frenchtown ran away from the Bulldogs, though, with a 78-38 win. Mason Couch led the Bulldogs with 11 in that one. Big Fork picked up a dominant win Friday over Stevensonville, winning 49-13. Eli Thornis scored 13 points to lead a balanced attack for Big Fork, which ran out a 22-0 lead to start the game against the Yellow Jackets. They did not look back after that. Saturday, however, was a different story for the Vikings, with Butte Central taking home a 65-43 win over Big Fork. Butte Central is the defending state A champion, and they are led by Dougie Peoples, who hit the game winner in the state title game last year and dropped 35 versus Big Fork on Saturday. So that kid's definitely a baller, one of those guys to keep an eye out around the state. Ronan. Fell to Hamilton, 67-59 on Friday, but bounced back on Saturday with a 61-45 win over East Helena. Polson fell to Dillon, 78-42 Friday, but they bounced back as well Saturday, winning over Corvallis, 63-56. Epson Fisher scored 19, Jared Wilson and Trent Wilson combined for 35. Talked about them a lot on the football field, now we're talking about on the basketball court. Browning lost 54-59. To 44 to host town Frenchtown on Friday and fell 53 to 48 to Hamilton Saturday to fall to 0 and 2. Maurice Redhorn, the third, scored a game high of 16 points for Browning on Saturday. Libby lost Friday to East Helena 52 to 45, but won a defensive battle Saturday 33 to 30 over Stevensonville. Tyler Anderson's 10 points led the way for the Logger Saturday, who made a 27 21 lead after three quarters hold up. Now let's get to the recap from the girls at the French Town tourney. That Frenchtown Tournament definitely had a lot of good basketball being played. Fun stuff. All right. Friday, Columbia Falls took care of business versus Corvallis, 61-24. to Hope McAtee scored 25 points to lead the way for the Wildcats. And then on Saturday, they followed that up with a 50-37 to win over Livingston. McAtee had another big game with 18 points. Friday, Whitefish took care of business with a 44-34 win over Livingston. Ainsley Scott had a game-high 13 for Whitefish, which made a strong second quarter burst to hold on for the win. And Saturday, Whitefish did fall to host Frenchtown 60-32. to Friday, Big Fork took care of business. 58-12 to versus Stevensonville. That's a big one. Braden and Peyton Gunlock combined for 27 points for the Vals, who held Stevensonville scoreless in the first and fourth quarters, and then they followed that up with an 84-16 to win Saturday. So it's safe to say the Big Fork... Girls basketball team is a force to be reckoned with this season. All right. It was an undefeated weekend for the Browning girls. Friday, the score was Browning 55, Frenchtown 35. Mecca Bullchild scored 20 points, including 12 free throws and 14 attempts. That's impressive. And the Lady Indians pulled away on Frenchtown. Amari Caffa-Robes. Two third-quarter three-pointers helped Browning push a 26-20 halftime lead out to 40-29. Saturday, Browning did it again with a 61-51 win over Hamilton. Bullchild was back at it again, and Lish Spoonhunter added 10 points each for the Lady Indians. Lane Kern scored a game-high 24 for Hamilton. Ronan fell Saturday 72-45. to and then Friday, I could not, or excuse me, that was Friday, and I had trouble finding results from their other game, or they did not play. So if anybody has the answer to that one, keep me updated. But Ronan fell to Hamilton, 72 to 45. Friday, East Helena beat Libby, 49 to 33. And Saturday, Stevensonville took care of business versus Libby, 62 to 36. Last up for our local teams in the Frenchtown tip-off tourney, we got Polson. Polson fell to Dillon 43-17 to on Friday, but bounced back with a 46-34 to win over Corvallis on Saturday. So, good stuff for Poulsen. Got the split. Kept it going. Real quick, we're going to talk a little bit of our first swim meet from the winter sports, and then it's that prep player of the week time, Cat Grizz time, action-packed show. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Thank you to Nomad GCS for their support. Thank you for to Haggard Dome Media Group from Mon- Montana for their support. Tongue tied a little bit. Action-packed. That's what it's all about here in the Valley sports world right now. So much going on. It's awesome. All right. Let's talk a little bit of the Kalispell swim meet over the weekend. This is also an excerpt from Sunday's edition of the Daily Interlink. Ten schools showed up for the season opening Kalispell Invitational swim meet held Saturday, and Glacier High outkicked them all. The Wolfpack team swept the meet, and a couple records fell on the girls' side. The 200 medley relay team of Maddie Taylor, Hannah Vornback, and Madeline McGuire and Olivia Gibbons finished in a one in one minutes. They finished in one minute and fifty five seconds. Here's a quote from Calspell swim coach: No one on this relay team is graduating this year. We've got a junior and three sophomores, and they beat the record from last year by two seconds. Gibbons, a sophomore, broke the school backstroke record by two seconds as well, clocking it in one minute and ten seconds. All right, so good stuff from Glacier there. Awesome. We're gonna keep it moving on to the Pret Players of the Week, brought to you by Hagedone Media Group, Montana. The team in Montana is here to help you grow. Our skilled team will assess your marketing goals and craft ROI-focused campaigns home to meet your business needs. Our integrated marketing solutions will help your people find you wherever they are looking, whether it's Google, YouTube, apps, or your local newspaper. Contact Anton at 406-758-4410 for more information. That's 406-758-4410 for more information all right let's start it out with some winter sports athletes and then we will get to a one fall sports athlete and some recruiting news earned them a prep player of the week nod. started out we mentioned him earlier glacial wolfpack hooper tyler mcdonald for his game winning heroics in the wolfpack's 53 to 52 win over C.M.R. mcdonald the six foot two senior had this to say about the shot when he spoke with fritz neighbor of the daily interlake who was covering the action saturday quote i just shot it because i knew there wasn't going to be There wasn't going to be time on the clock, said McDonald, whose three marked the 14th lead change of the second half. Quote, it wasn't the prettiest game, but we fought as a team. End quote. Those are the type of moments you live for as an athlete. You'll never forget. That's what makes sports fun as a fan, as a player, whatever, as a competitor. I mean, it's just awesome, awesome stuff for McDonald. And the Glacier squad moves to 2-0. Definitely a good way to build some momentum to start your season. Next up on your Prep Players of the Week is the Flathead Boys and Girls Wrestling teams. For each taking home tournament wins over the weekend, the boys won the Mining City Duels as we mentioned earlier. And like we said, the girls took home the Flathead Invitational title. Great stuff from our Flathead Wrestling squads. Had to give them a shout out. Two more Prep Players of the Week to get to. We just mentioned it. But Glacier High sophomore, swimmer Olivia Gibbons earns the nod. Four, breaking the school backstroke record by two seconds over the weekend and helping the relay team beat their school record by two seconds as well. Huge accomplishments for the Wolfpack swimmer, and to think, only a sophomore just starting out this season, so plenty of time to keep growing as an athlete. Awesome stuff. Last up, a familiar name on the show who we've talked about time and time again throughout this season and we'll be talking about it looks like for another few years as he's continuing his journey with the Grizz, Glacier High's starting quarterback, Gage Slider, who announced his commitment to play for the University of Montana this past weekend. There's a great article on the dailyinterlake.com by Fritz Neighbor recapping the journey of Slider and his decision. Definitely worth checking out. There is one quote here that I think was really good and is worth bringing up. Quote, I've grown, this is from Gage Slider himself, quote, I've grown up going to Grizz games. Who will join Glacier Products, Henry News, Drew Deck, and Patrick Rohrbach on the UM roster? either you grow up in this Let's start that one over i've grown up going to grizz games," said the senior who had joined glacier products henry news drew deck and patrick Rohrbach on the um roster quote you grow up in this state you're either a grizz or a cat and quote all right congratulations to slider on his commitment maybe not the smoothest read by me there but it's all good i mean this kid was so much fun to watch this year great facilitator at the quarterback position Great job of getting rid of the football on time and trusting his playmakers, which for a prep quarterback, that shows a lot, shows maturity. I'm excited to see his football journey continue with the Grizz. Those were your Prep Players of the Week, brought to you by Hagadone Media Group Montana. The team in Montana is here to help you grow. Our skilled team will assess your marketing goals and craft ROI-focused campaigns home to meet your business needs. Our integrated marketing solutions will help your people find you wherever they are looking, whether it's Google, YouTube, apps, or Local newspaper. Contact Anton at 406-758-4410 for more information. That's 406-758-4410 for more information. Alright, let's round this thing out with some cat Grizz talk. We got two Grizz stories to get to from last week. Then we're gonna get dive into that Bobcat's playoff action. This one relates to Grizz linebacker and Glacier High Grab Patrick O'Connell, who was invited to the Hula Bowl. Uh Postseason game for college football players to highlight their skill set and try to get taken to the next level in the NFL, XFL, CFL, all those kind of things. So awesome stuff that O'Connell earned the invite, and he's going to get that opportunity to highlight everything he has to offer for a professional team. We do have a quick excerpt from an article by Fritz Neighbor that was in the Interlake this week. Into the unknown, Patrick O'Connell bet on himself and became a Grizz great. This is a good one. We're going to get to just a couple lines from this. I definitely recommend checking this one out on the dailyinterlake.com. Patrick O'Connell's year at the University of Mary wasn't misspent. He played 10 football games for the Division II Moradors and scored a defensive touchdown in the 2017 finale. But by the end of the year, he was leaning towards leaving the North Dakota school. The Montana Grizzlies, a team he'd grown up watching in person on Saturdays, were still on his mind. He'd have to walk on, but so be it. My daughter Megan and I came through Bismarck, remember Gian O'Connell, Patrick's mom. I'm originally from Fargo and have family there, and we had lunch with Patrick, and he said at lunch he was giving this some thought. We just felt positive, and whatever decision he made, it would be the right one. As scary as it was, you know, the fear of the unknown? That was the end of the quote there. As you pour over his numbers now, 28.5 career sacks, 45 career tackles for loss, it's hard to imagine another destination – O'Connell was a finalist for the Buck Buchanan Award for the top defensive player in the FCS as a junior in 2021. He's led the Grizz and sacks three times. He's also won 30 games at Montana, 29 more than he did at Mary. Plenty of memories, O'Connell said this week. I think the one that's most memorable would would be our 2021 win against Washington. That's one I'll always remember. And obviously beating the Cats last year is a good memory too. So, I would suggest if you're a Grizz fan or a Glacier fan or just a fan of sports in the Valley, go check that one out about the area product. Patrick O'Connell on the Daily Interlake website. Really dives into his journey, acclimating with the Grizzlies, going through winter conditioning the first time. It's a really good read, and I suggest getting into it. That Washington game he mentioned, of course, was the 13-7 to road win the Grizz had over the Huskies. That At the time, the Huskies was the 20th ranked team in the nation at the FBS level, so that was a huge upset. Awesome stuff. Like I said, definitely worth checking out that article. One last grizz note, and then we'll get to the Bobcats. Montana punter Patrick Rohrbach was once again recognized, another Glacier product, I might add, was recognized as one of the best in the FCS on Monday, with the Augusta Sports Council naming him a semifinalist for FCS punter of the year, warbach a true freshman was one of 10 semifinals for the award chosen from a field of 30 candidates the big sky's conference top the, ugh, the big sky conference's top punter is the lone player from the league to be named a semi-finalist warbach finished the year with the third best punt average at the fcs level with a 45.2 yard per punt average which is second best in school history so heck of a year for Rohrbach. Last thing I thought was cool is he boomed 15 punts over 50 plus yards with a long of 68 on the season. I have a strong feeling there's going to be some NFL teams calling for Rohrbach in a few years when his time comes. All right, let's move on to the Bobcats. Like I, I've said before, we are going to have a Grizzlies postseason roundup show, kind of an off-season roundup thing going on soon, but so much action to get to. The time will come. We'll wait till some more uh, postseason accolades come in. Maybe Rohrbach wins out of war or that, stuff like that. So we're going to wait for some more stuff. Now, to get to the Bobcats, by now, if you haven't heard, the Bobcats demolished William & Mary 55-7 to for their FCS leading 20th straight home victory to stamp a trip to the FCS semifinals. I mean, the Bobcats have been absolutely dominant offensively the last few weeks, but now it all boils down to a matchup with the number one FCS team in the country, South Dakota State University, with a trip to the FCS championship game on the line. South Dakota State struggled at times, you know, versus Holy Cross last Saturday. For anybody who didn't check in on that one, FCS playoff action, They looked a little vulnerable on the ground. And a lot of the Twitter community, a lot of the FCS football community, I saw was a little worried that the Jackrabbits aren't going to be able to stop the Bobcats and The Bobcats are going to rush right by them. Here's my only caveat there. You have to wonder if South Dakota State, being as good as they are, the number one FCS team in the country, knew that Tommy Milan and Sean Chambers were coming to town, and they were playing a rushing quarterback from Holy Cross named Matthew Saluka, who did rack up 213 rushing yards on the day. The point being, I think the Jackrabbits are probably trying to keep a couple tricks up their sleeve, hide some things for, save some stuff. So it's not, everything's not on film when you face probably the best rushing quarterback duo at the FCS level right now. And Malat and Chambers, those guys are almost unstoppable. So you got to wonder if the Jackrabbits did have a little bit of a, they're kind of waiting on that one. But hey, this matchup's going to be big. We've been talking all year about this Bobcats team and just how good they are. And, they took care of business when they needed to, and they did so in dominant fashion. All the momentum's on their side. They look like the team to beat at the FCS level right now. We're going to talk more about that in a sec. Last, I did a preview show with Fritz last week. We were both kind of agreed the Jackrabbits were the team to beat. I think I'm going to flip-flop a little bit and say the Bobcats are the team to beat now after that performance, but... To continue, my biggest takeaway from that win for the Bobcats is running back Isaiah Afonso is back. He was huge for the Bobcats in their win over William & Mary, finished with 162 yards and two touchdowns on the ground on 11 carries. He missed the entire regular season, recovering from offseason knee injury, but in his two playoff starts, he's made his presence felt big time. This is a guy who last year racked up 1,600 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns on the ground. So... Can he be the X-Factor versus the Jackrabbits? That's kind of my question mark. But, you know, I do think he is back. And when he's back, that three-headed rushing attack just looks a little bit different with Malat Chambers and now a third member of the crew. Let's keep it rocking and rolling. Let's get to a quick stat of the day via at Victor Flores 406 on Twitter. This is related to the Bobcats win over William & Mary. Marquis Johnson's 87-yard kickoff return and Taco Dollar's 79-yard punt return are both playoff records for the longest kick and longest punt return in Montana State football playoff history. So awesome stuff from those Bobcats return, man. I've said it before on the show, always good to give special teams a shout-out. It's just kind of a reflection of the unit as a whole and the complete team mindset. So awesome stuff from the Bobcats so here's my one question for the Bobcats. I always kind of wrap up the show with one question. Or not wrap up, but wrap up, you know, with our grades of the Bobcats. You know, what are, what are we looking at in this upcoming matchup? This is what I'm looking at as they are going to face the Jackrabbits. What happens if the Jackrabbits find success slowing down the Bobcats rushing attack? Can the Bobcats win the game throwing the football if it comes down to a late drive with the clock ticking down and Tommy Mallott, Sean Chambers have to air it out to win the game? The Jackrabbits did get run all over by Holy Cross. But earlier this year, they played Iowa, historically one of the best rushing teams in the entire country, FBS-level, big-time team here. They held their the the Iowa Hawkeyes rushing attack to 1.6 yards per carry on 36 attempts. So the Jackrabbits do have it in them to lock down the run game. Of course, different styles of play. Iowa's not exactly this RPO style like Malat and Chambers run where they're getting to the outside. The point I'm getting out though, is don't underestimate that Jackrabbits defense. Now, I will say, let's throw out a second stat of the day, first time we've ever done two stat of the days. But this might help answer my question. Last year versus SDSU in the FCS semifinal matchup, just like they're about to do this year, they faced the Jackrabbits. And in that game, Tommy Malott tossed two touchdown passes, zero interceptions, and 233 passing yards on their way to a 31-17 win and a trip to the National championship game. So Malat's done it before all on the same field, same big time pressure, another year to grow another year to develop. I went into this last week of FCS playoff action thinking South Dakota state was the pick throughout this tourney. I'm going to switch over to the Bobcats. I think that they have what it takes to take care of business. They're just too complete of a team. We'll see how it goes Saturday. I think it's gonna be a really hard fought game. I think it's gonna be a tough game, but I do trust that they have the total pieces to make it work. Whether it's special teams, offense, defense, they play all three sides. Of the, you know they're, they're a complete team, and that's what makes the Bobcats special.
1: It's going to be a tough
0: test, but I'm picking them to win it. I'm not going to throw a score out there. That might be a little too tough. But All right. On that note, everybody, we're going to wrap this thing up. It's been a heck of a show. Thank you to everybody for sticking around to and listening. I know I've been all over the place more than usual, but winter sports is off and running here in the state of Montana. We have... FCS playoff action. We have all kinds of stuff going on, so it's been a lot of fun. Thank you to everybody for checking it out. Before we wrap this thing up, I want to give a special thanks to Hagadome Media Group Montana for their support and remind everyone listening that this episode was brought to you by Nomad. Go to the Flatheads best manufacturer. Nomad is a longtime supporter of the local community and sports scene. celebrating 20 years of building great careers in mission-focused custom vehicles. Nomad, a Montana-based company making a global impact. Nomad has worked with NASA and various branches of the United States military, so you know Nomad is a name you can trust with your manufacturing needs. For more info, visit nomadgcs.com. I repeat, nomadgcs.com for more information. That'll do it for today. Thank you to Nomad. Thank you to the Flatheads, Best Manufacturer. And also thank you again to Hagedone, E.D. Group, Montana. Next episode, hopefully we're talking about a Bobcats trip to the National Championship game. Without a doubt, we'll be diving into more winter sports action. Keep an eye out for another little Bobcats playoff preview dropping later this week. We'll see. And like I said, don't forget, we are going to have that Grizz kind of season recap show slash off-season show going on. So that's in the works. That's going to be a good one. It's going to be jam-packed. We're going to try to get some guests lined up. We'll try to get Fritz on that one. We'll really break down the current state of the Grizz, the future of the Grizz, and how this season went. You know, all the good stuff. So, but hey, you know, good luck to the Bobcats this weekend. I know I'm just talking about the Grizz. Jumping into a good luck to the Bobcats. I'm sure a couple people cringe at that one. But at the end of the day, I'd rather see a team from Montana make it to the big game. All these Montana athletes represented on the biggest stage. That's what it's all about. So, kudos to all those kids competing It's going to be a fun game for sure. I can't wait. Thanks as always, y'all. I'm Josh Dugan, and that'll do it for the Interlake Sports Now. Stay safe out there and have a good one. Thanks.